Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, everybody, if you followed along with handling it since the beginning, then you know that I love bringing on athletes to discuss their respective sports and share the joys and obstacles they've faced in their athletic careers. And I'm happy to share that today we have the brilliant and resilient Ping Ping Lee joining us to discuss her career and accomplishments as an athlete and her recent transition into acting and content creating. If you follow gymnastics or are a fan of the sport like I am, then you may know Peng Peng from her successful career as an elite gymnast. Not only was Peng Peng a member of the Canadian gymnastics team that qualified for the 2012 Summer Olympics, but she was also a UCLA gymnastics team member where she secured the 2018 NCAA team title for UCLA by scoring a perfect 10 on beam. In today's conversation, Ping Ping and I will be diving into her journey as a gymnast, what led her to pursue a career in acting, and how she's creating her own path on social media. Ping Ping will also be offering her advice to athletes navigating through injury, as well as those trying to figure out their next steps after retiring from a sport. Whether you're an athlete, former athlete, or in the process of transitioning into a new career yourself, I think you'll be able to take a lot away from this conversation. So, you know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, Ping Ping, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, You have such an interesting background, not just as an athlete, but also now with social media and all the things you're doing um, and all the things you're seeking out to do with acting and music. So I'm excited to chat about it. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So I guess before we get into chatting about, I guess, your career as an athlete, how have you been throughout the past year, like during the pandemic? The past year has been so interesting. So originally I'm from Canada and I'm living out in LA. So uh, during the pandemic, um, I actually went home to Canada and it was such, it was very up and down. I feel like the whole world was kind of, you know, trying to handle being at home and I'm super extroverted. So definitely being at home was a huge challenge for me, but it was nice because I did get to go home and spend time with my family and everyone was at home because my parents were working from home. My brother was at home. So we hadn't been at home together like that in a very, very long time. So I kind of just tried to appreciate the time that I had. Um, And honestly, like, again, like what you said, social media really kept me going through the pandemic, oddly. And it was, it was kind of like a, um, a new form of keeping me busy, (laughs) of like how um, getting my creativeness out and trying different avenues. So it, uh, it was a lot of fun to just explore that during the pandemic. And I honestly, I love being busy. So I really just tried to keep busy. Yeah. Well, I know, I think the pandemic was really good in the sense that for a lot of us, we were finally able to slow down a little bit. Yes. At a much slower pace. Yeah. I think I'm very much the same way. I like to stay busy. So it was nice that while some aspects of my life were slowing down, I was able to mm-hmm. shift that energy and that focus onto other things. 
Yeah, it really uh, allowed me to be with myself. And it's so funny, because if you know me, I hate being alone. <laughs> I do not like me time. I, I'd rather be with, out with friends or just be with people. So it really challenged me to almost figure out not who I am, but to listen to myself and really explore those things that maybe were bothering me in the past that I just never touched on because I just don't make time for myself. So it was actually a good time for me because I had learned a lot about myself that I hadn't known before, or I did know it was there, but I wasn't exactly sure why. And so it, again, it, it was a really, I tried to make the best out of an interesting time in everyone's life. And uh, the only thing I could do is really just kind of go with the flow. And because we couldn't control anything at that point, and it kind of, it kind of was it is what it is. And we're at home. um, Just everyone's trying to adapt. And I just try to take that time just thinking, okay, we're never going to get a time like this in a sense where I hope we never have a time like this again. Um, But just trying to use it in a good way and try to get something positive out of it. Um, Cause I, I, it was a very hard time. Like it was extremely tough for everyone. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. And I think that's a really great way to look at it Um, because it was a really negative time and it was a really difficult Mm -hmm. time for, um, for so many um, and for so many different reasons. But I think, you know, that's a great way to look at it is just try and make as much of a positive experience out of a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about all the new stuff you're working on. Um, yes. Like I said, to get into a little bit about your background. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, uh, you're a former gymnast, which yes. I love. <laughs> I'm such a fan of gymnastics, although I'm just not flexible, could never do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a sport I like wanted to do, but you did. You competed in the 2012 Summer Olympics in London for the Canadian team. And you also mm-hmm. had an incredible career at UCLA for their women's gymnastics team. So yes. how did your background in gymnastics begin? When did you start competing? Um, I guess, what's your background with it? Yeah, well, so I just want to um, state, so I, <clears throat> I didn't compete at 2012 Olympics. I uh, competed at all the years before and I helped team uh, team Canada qualify to the Olympics, but I got injured right at Olympic trials. So I wasn't able to compete, but team Canada was super nice because I, I had um, been helped very helpful throughout the year during that Olympic year. They asked me to be their team captain. So I still got to travel with them and it wasn't like quite the Olympic experience that I wanted, but definitely like I loved that Olympic experience. Um, but gymnastics has been a huge, huge part of my life. Like I had done gymnastics since I was four. Um, I ended up competing and being on the national team at 11. So from the age of 10, I was uh, training 25 hours a week. So it was definitely um, very rigorous. And it was just something that I was used to. I was used to being busy. I was used to having um, an intense schedule. And it's really helped me to learn how to set goals and work really hard in um, the field that whatever you're in. But it's def it's for sure shaped me into the person who I am today with just getting over hard times, hurdles and learning, um, how to be, be a team leader and be a teammate and all that stuff. So, uh, I, I owe a lot to my gymnastics career for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting, um, 
you know, sort of like what we were talking about earlier, taking sort of a negative situation and, and trying to push through for the positive. What yeah. I found really uh, inspirational about your career as an athlete is that when you were at UCLA, I believe, is when you tore both mm-hmm. your ACL and your MCL. Yeah. So I tore my ACL right before going into UCLA. So right before Olympic uh, Olympics, I tore it. And then after the Olympics, I went to UCLA. So I rehabbed for a full year because ACL injuries take a full year to recover. Um, I ended up starting training again. And unfortunately, my knee was feeling not stable at all. So I, I pretty much asked for an MRI because it just it was so unstable. And so I got the MRI and the doctor said, Oh, your ACL is not there. <laughs> and so I was like, what do you mean? It's not there. It was there like a couple months ago. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Cause I wasn't doing anything rigorous. And basically my ACL had disintegrated in my body because I had a, um, a certain procedure done that was a cadaver. And so it'd just be less intense on my knee. And then the cadaver ended up disintegrating in my body and not holding on. So I ended up getting it redone. And then in 2016, I was also trying for the Olympics again, just because um, that, that was my, my dream, my goal. But injuries just got the best of me. So I ended up tearing my meniscus and I ended up tearing um, a muscle in my hand. And it, I just said, you know, it's just not in my cards. I, I need to take care of my body at this point because I think I was pushing myself for this dream that I've always held on to as a kid, which was an amazing dream to have. And I think um, I just had to be more centered in myself saying, you know, this, this is not like the end all be all type of thing. Like I'm not defined as a gymnast. This doesn't, it just because if I go to the Olympics, it doesn't mean that I'm better than I, who I was yesterday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I I knew I had that level of gymnastics. I, I just had to be really smart about like, I want my body to last me throughout my whole life. And I kind of had to make that hard decision of, um, I, I don't need the Olympics to define me as a person. Right. Well, I think, I mean, like you said earlier, training so much, you spend so much time in the gym, um, Mm -hmm. really just working on your skill set, your craft as a gymnast. And then when I think for any athlete, when you approach an injury and it sets you way off course, I mean, yes. Imagine the pressure and like the emotional stress of it all. So I guess, yeah, from your perspective, what advice do you have for, you know, any athlete that's injured in their sport? Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, from your own experience, what was it that really helped you power through and find healing with it? Yeah, it honestly, you know what, I, I think as I've dealt with injury since I was a kid, and I have amazing parents. I've had amazing coaches and amazing parents. And no one's really pushed me through my injuries and saying like, no, just because you're injured, you have to push through the situation. Um, it was a hard lesson to learn when I was younger, that sometimes it's okay to, to take a couple steps back to move many steps forward. And so when I was injured, um, my parents would always say, you know, that this isn't just because you're injured doesn't mean it's going to hinder you from doing something else. So when I was injured, I ended up taking singing lessons, guitar lessons. I actually um, was injured for a full year and physically wasn't able to like jump, run or do anything. So I ended up taking acting lessons and on the weekends uh, just to keep me going and keep me busy. And it was something that I was also interested in. So I think that's why during, especially this pandemic too, any advice I have for people who are going through different hurdles in life and I think I remind myself this all the time. Um, But 
anytime you think I can't do this because of blank, my, my parents taught me that there's always something you can do. And whether it's something really small, like again, like a singing lesson, like a lot of things that I was doing wasn't physical because I was burning so much in gymnastics and physically, you know, um, going through a lot with my body that I was doing other things that wasn't as physical because I need my body to rest. But I was like, Oh, I can, you know, I took a cartoon lesson once, like a cartoon drawing lesson once my mom signed me up for it. And again, I think, again, my parents are just great because whether I was injured or not, they were always like, oh, you can always do something. There's always like, there's always something fun we can do um, in the meantime while you're healing or um, you can get better at something else uh, while you're healing or going through whatever you're going through. So especially at UCLA too, what they taught us and what advice I have for people is that um, you can always get 1% better. That was a huge, huge quota or quote in at UCLA, what we learned. Um, even if you're having a really, really bad day, like everything just seems horribly and everything's going sideways. Um, just think of one thing that you're proud of for yourself so that you can say, okay, today I actually got better or today I'm very proud that I did this. And it makes everything better if you just think even with one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I, I love yeah. that you sort of focused your time and energy on outside projects. Yeah. Because I think, you know, with any sort of sport, like I said, you're putting a lot of time and energy into mm-hmm. that sport. And then when you approach an injury and you can't, you know, you're not in your typical routine, all that time and energy can unfortunately go to worrying about that injury. Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) And I I do. I love that you sort of took that and said, you know, I'm not going to, you know, completely let this injury tear me down. Yeah. Focus on other projects and other passions. I will say that when I'm injured though, I do take at least 24 hours to just like be sad (laughs) or like soak in all the emotions. I remember after, um, especially after my meniscus or even my ACL, I was like a wreck because I mean, it was, it was, I took a year off after high school and postponed everything to just train for the Olympics. Then I got injured right before the Olympics. And it kind of was like, why I went through a whole, why me? Like I was super sad. I was depressed in a sense where I felt like I'd worked so hard for this one moment and it kind of just all ended really fast. Mm -hmm. And I remember having to I had to go through all my emotions, like experience it deeply in order to move forward. And I think that's one thing that again, with um, specifically what I tell people is if you're sad, like be sad, because I think you can't bandage or put a bandaid over any emotion. And it almost gets worse if you put a bandaid over it. I'm, I was definitely one when I was younger who didn't like talking about my feelings. I didn't like, um, acknowledging my feelings. And I'm, again, I think that's why uh, during the pandemic, I was really able to like be with myself and kind of go through all the emotions I wanted to go through. And I expressed it creatively almost. And so I found a really good avenue to, to kind of deal with my emotions that way. But I think in order to move forward, you have to really be in that moment of why you're kind of feeling the way you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we just, you know, did an episode recently where we talked about fear and, and facing your mm-hmm. fears. You can't 
ignore that. You can't ignore your your injuries or your setbacks. Um, You have to sort of confront them at some point. Don't let them overwhelm and control you, but at least confront them and acknowledge that they're there. You know, take the time you need to process that. Uh, And that's exactly what you did, which is amazing. Uh, But, you know, I want to bring up to your UCLA career. So on the team for UCLA women's gymnastics and such an incredible career you had there. So I was was reading that you had 10 perfect tens. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you. The numbers are crazy. Like when I graduated, I was, I don't even keep like track of my scores and all that stuff. But it's funny when I was looking at all the like the definition of my career or all the um the points and all that stuff the numbers were insane like it I remember at nationals I was in my sixth year we were on the sixth event I was a sixth person up and I think I think it was the sixth perfect 10 that I had or the seventh perfect 10 but it was just like all the numbers were just insane and then it was like I ended up scoring 10 perfect 10s and it was to me, it was almost like, oh my God, the stars are aligned. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking in my head. Right. Well, I guess, you know, that's what I would think too, because, you know, we just talked about approaching setbacks, dealing with uh-huh. them. And then you work so hard. You put so much time and energy in the gym to perfect these skills, perfect these routines. Yeah. And then what is it like to finally have all that hard work pay off, especially, you know, with a perfect 10 routine? Yeah. You know, what's funny is because so when we get scores, we don't know what we score yet. And I think at specifically at nationals, it was I was so nervous because I was thinking in my head, this is my last routine ever. This is the last time I'm going to be able to do gymnastics and not really prove myself, but get those 10s and all that stuff. But I would say when I was competing, I really just thought, okay, this is the last time I'm going to be here with my teammates. This is the last time I'm going to be able to perform gymnastics. So I'm just going to go out there and have fun. So when I landed, I had no idea I scored perfect tens. And so it just felt so good to me that I was able to just go out there and enjoy the last moment and not worry about the scores at all. Like I, whenever you, I think about the scores, I always do really bad (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I think I'm reaching for something that I can't control but I can control how I do and how I feel. And I really just wanted to enjoy those last moments with my teammates. And the tens were just like the icing on the cake. Like it was like the cherry on top. But when I performed those routines, it was so surreal because it was like my whole gymnastics career just came to a halt and it all just ended so nicely. And I was very proud of myself. I was so happy to be there with my teammates and it, that was such an amazing moment was that NCAA national championships because we all genuinely like enjoyed each other's company and we were just celebrating each other at that point. It wasn't even about like, oh, I need to score a perfect 10. It was just let me just go out there, celebrate and do the best routine that I can do today. And it ended up being a per- like two perfect 10. So I, I was like, this is the best way to end my college career in, um, in my head. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, I encourage everybody to like pull up the archive of YouTube and check out your 2018 (laughs) beam routine. Thank you. And like I said, I am, I think I, I, yeah, I did actually do gymnastics when I was like very little. And then you realize like, I'm very Mm -hmm. tall. So I'm like, I, it's not working for for me and my body. But when I was young, very young, I had done gymnastics, but you know, had always just loved watching the sport. And 
what I love, because I mean, I think with here in the United States, especially, mm-hmm. you know, watch a lot of women's gymnastics at the Olympics. We just had the Tokyo right. Olympics and uh, we see a lot of gymnastics in the headlines around that time of year. But mm-hmm. what I really love, um, you know, especially looking at UCLA and gymnastics at the collegiate level, there's yes. a great sort of community within your team. And I guess from that experience, what was your biggest takeaway? What was your biggest joy within that? My, I took so many amazing things out of UCLA, but I honestly think um, what the best thing that I learned is how to be on a team. And I think I take that into real life because as much as I um, love working hard and I take a lot of pride in doing things myself, I understand that sometimes it's okay to bring on people who know more than you or who can help guide you. And again, when I was younger, I did not like asking for help. And so when I got older, it was like, okay, no, like, if we are trying to get to this goal, let's bring on people who understand um, maybe this route better or who can, um, we can like benefit from each other and we can kind of uh, help each other grow. And I think, again, the best thing that I got at UCLA is to enjoy the process, even though it may be really hard and it might suck, but to enjoy the process and to really um be proud of yourself for every little step along the way. That was, again, be like the little, little steps is what counts more than like the end progress, because I think you always see end progress and you always see like people succeed and all this stuff, but you don't realize how many little steps they had to take and how hard it is to get there. So um, even like now I have to enjoy like every single little step. I'm proud of myself for even just learning something small. Cause um, again, you, you're, Oh, everyone's on their own journey. Everyone is learning and everyone's um, progressing, but for sure learning how to celebrate the little moments is what I learned at UCLA. Yeah. And I think too, um, to your point, I think with any sport, right. It's like winning, winning, mm-hmm. winning. How can we win? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's sure. Okay. To win a title, to win the medal. Yeah. That's great. Wonderful. But I think it's so important to look at the, the little wins throughout the journey. Yes. Cause those mm-hmm. are probably going to be the most rewarding and beneficial to, you know, mm-hmm. your career afterwards, whether it be as an athlete, as an individual, um, and, and yeah. to live your life uh, is to look at those little tiny wins along the way. Well, just like anything, I think, especially my first time when I was really celebrating the little moments is when I didn't, when I got injured right before the Olympics, because the Olympics to me was the end all be all kind of thing. And that's what every gymnast is, or that is the biggest moment in gymnastics, I would say is the Olympics. That's like the highlight of the career kind of thing. And, um, I really had to learn how to celebrate. Okay. You know what? I, I learned a lot. I got to travel to all these cool places and I got to compete still with the best of the best. And I was able to perform this move and all that stuff. And I think me being able to celebrate those little moments still put a light on team Canada that I was beneficial in a sense where I can now mentor. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, I'm like, it's not, it is about your talent, but it also is about your personality and your character. And I think if you go into anything like a career or a job or a sport, but your character is what builds you. And it's not all about the end product and the end result, because I think in my head, what we learned at UCLA, winning isn't success. 
success is what you define success as and also to your best ability. So even if we didn't win nationals, like we succeeded at nationals because all like we came together as a team at the end and we had no idea we even won. So we were celebrating and that was because we ended a really good meet and we were not doing very well at the beginning. Um, We weren't doing our best. And so we finished off really strong and we had no idea we won. And we felt like we succeeded because it, we, that we did our job and we really came together and overcame some hurdles in a short amount of time. And so that's what I think as success, it's not defined as like what kind of like medal you get at the end or if you won or all that stuff. Cause sometimes you could have the best meet ever and you succeeded because you did your best that very day. Yeah. And I do, yeah. I think that's really great advice just for life in general. Um, yeah. Embark on this new chapter. You're embarking on this new mm-hmm. chapter with so many different things, and I, I want to like hear your story with it because you talked earlier, I guess, about when you were dealing with injury, sort of yes. diving into music and acting, and sort of building those passions there. So now that your sort of chapter with gymnastics has come to a close, and you're looking mm-hmm. to sort of new ventures. How is that going? What, I guess, what was sort of the background with those ideas? Yeah, it's so wild. I never thought I would end up being like on these platforms and doing it to, you know, like full time and, and have it open so many doors. But I think when I was younger, I always had an interest in entertainment and I was acting, singing, performing. And I think that's why I love gymnastics too, because it kind of was like a performance every time. Mm-hmm. And I just never had the time to, I was always training. I had opportunities to do other, um, even sports too. I had opportunities to do other things, but gymnastics was one of those things where early on I was on the national team. I wanted to solely focus on gymnastics and to go to NCAA, I wasn't able to do certain things, um, especially in entertainment. So for me, now that the doors are, that chapter's closed and this new doors are open, I'm embracing it 100% because I was thinking in my head, I've never had the time to do this. And it was kind of, again, even though um, I was auditioning and the pandemic hit and auditions weren't happening as much, I was thinking in my head, you know, I can still be creative, but even though that kind of paused, I can still kind of create my own, mm-hmm. <laughs> my own creativeness and avenue to, um, just learn new things. And I started a little bit on YouTube at UCLA, but it was at the very, very end, um, just kind of like as a tester. <laughs> and and more because I, I was thinking I want when I was younger, I wanted to go into broadcasting and hosting. And it was just funny, because um, everything's about your resume in college, <laughs> like, you have to get this on your resume, you have to do this. And I, I wasn't able to do things for my resume, even in acting, singing, because again, I was just so busy. Everything was gymnastics in school. And um, I wasn't able to simultaneously do these things. So when I graduated, it was I was able to do like, all of those things that I wanted to do. But at the same time, um, it, it the doors were open, I was like, free to do whatever. But again, during the pandemic, it just, I was able to focus on different platforms. And use these platforms as my resume. <laughs> so that's some, someone gave me some advice saying you should use all these things that are available to you since you can't physically like 
do things for your resume or like work certain jobs that you kind of create your own work. So that that's kind of how it all started. I created my own like platforms for YouTube and kind of was doing my own thing, just experimenting. And it's just been crazy because my experimentations with all that stuff turned into something really cool. And it's opened a lot of doors um, for me right now. Yeah. Well, that's a really great point you brought up because, you know, just as you were saying that I was even thinking, you know, when I was in college and I had friends that did sports and, you know, then they graduate and it's hard to sort of look for jobs and Mm -hmm. use that resume when so much of your time went into your sport rather than internship or perhaps extra classes, something along those lines. So yeah, that's a really good point. But, and also I think, you know, I say this all the time for working professionals today in 2021, like I think everyone's (laughs) at such an advantage in a sense, because with social media, with the internet being Mm -hmm. now, we really have the power to create our own careers. Yes. I, I think there's so it's funny because again, when I grew up, it was doctor, lawyer, there wasn't social media when I grew up. I mean, I was, I can't, I think I got on Instagram in 2012 and I, I had graduated high school. <laughs> I was like, I'm a lot older than people think, <laughs> but it's, it's just funny because um, th- those careers weren't really a thing. And it was just starting. You kind of just started hearing about the YouTubers. And I remember watching Michelle Fawn on YouTube and it, that, she was a big, a big like deal because she made a career out of YouTube, which was very unheard of at the time. And it's interesting because now I think there's a lot of people you can pursue your passions in such a unique way. There's so many different careers you can take. And for sure, after graduating, it was very overwhelming. I was so overwhelmed. I felt like I didn't have any credits. I didn't, even though I, I you know, you'd fit internships here and there, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was really ready for the real world. And again, it, it just, it hit me so hard. And especially after I graduated, um, I talked to so many people after, because I think it was just a very big change of going to school since you were like June, like five years old and you always had a schedule and with gymnastics, I always had a schedule. So now that my schedule, I was able to create it, which was amazing and great. I felt so lost in like any direction I was going. And I think, uh, honestly, I feel like I use social media to be able to create my own path of like acting, singing. And I'm like, okay, well, I can use these platforms at least to start somewhere. Cause I didn't know where you even started to do acting. I'm like, I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. And I think that's even like any career, like Mm -hmm. with, um, even if you wanted to become like, say a marketing person, (laughs) it's like, where do you even start? Sometimes you have to start at a very obscure business and it didn't, that wasn't what you pictured, but you have to start somewhere. So I definitely went through a lot of emotional ups and downs. Um, and it was really difficult to kind of just be okay with life doesn't really have like an end point. Cause I think with my gymnastics, it was like, I work towards the Olympics. I work towards this next competition, even in school, I'm working towards this next final. Like I'm always working towards something, but in life you kind of make your own, (laughs) your own goals. And sometimes it's okay not to have any. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing to just be able to live and not 
be so focused on the future. And I think my whole life I'd been focused on the future that I felt like if I wasn't where I wanted to be, I would beat myself up. I'm like, I'm failing. I'm doing horribly. There's other people my age. And that's when all the negative talk starts coming in because I was for sure insecure of me just feeling like I was failing life in general. So it was hard graduating after college or just kind of closing a chapter and moving on is really hard. Yeah. And I loved hearing you talk about that because I, you know, dealt with a very similar situation and so many people do where, and I guess that's just sort of what we're taught, right. Is to have a plan. You know, I remember in school and being, you know, given a, a written prompt and you're asked to like, tell where you're supposed to be in five years and 10 years. Yes. Like, oh, okay, sure. I'll make a plan. Um, right. Or put a timeline on something like complete these things by the time you're 30 complete, like we yeah. do that. And not, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it's good right. to goals and set timelines and, you know, estimated dates when you want to complete something or to plan into the future and mm-hmm. you know, have things that you want. But I think you can, it's, it's really easy to wrap yourself up in that and let that consume you. And I think so much when it comes to just young people starting out and trying to find what they're into and what they're interested Mm -hmm. in, um, it's, it's really hard. So I love that you're going about all these passions that way, because I mean, I know even when I had started podcasting, I didn't know anything about podcasting. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought this seems fun. I think I could enjoy it. And instead of planning and setting, you know, a timeline for when I would like to complete things by, Mm -hmm. why not just, you know, live presently, live in the present moment and just do my best that day. Exactly. Well, I think for me, uh, I mean, even when you're in school, what do you want to do in the future? What, what's your future plans? What are your future plans? I think I had learned it's amazing to set goals. Like it's awesome when you can set goals. And I think you have to set goals with intention. And I think when you don't set goals with intention, it can get really stressful because you don't know where to start. Like you can have an end goal, but if the bottom is so fuzzy and you don't even know where to place the first step, it can be very stressful. And I think for me, when I get stressed, I physically get ill. Like I learned this in college where I get stressed out to a point where I'll like make myself sick. And it's not even, I'm like, where, like, why am I so sick? And the doctor's like, well, are you stressed? I'm like, yeah, I'm stressed. (laughs) Like, Of course I'm stressed. I'm in college doing gymnastics. And and, like, I I feel like everyone's just stressed at that point because you're trying to figure out what you want to do. But for me, right now in this present moment, I have a bigger picture of what I want to do. Um, it's okay for me right now to not know every single goal step because I, I don't know how to, I don't know every single goal step, but for me, my goal right now is to like be stress-free as much as I can. So when I'm doing things, I want to be able to enjoy it. I don't, I try not to put too much pressure on myself because again, I, I physically get sick. So it was a great way for me to learn how to be really present in the moment. And I think I hadn't done that in a long time, especially after I graduated, because I was always projecting to the future. And it all, the future almost consumed me to a point where, again, I was just getting physically sick and so anxious for what's next that I, I wasn't celebrating what I was doing today. And what I was doing today could have been a little step to where I needed to be in the future. 
And I think that's where right now I'm celebrating like little things. Okay. You know, I'm really proud of myself for trying this new thing or, um, for even if it was signing up for a website that would is more in my career path or just like little things. I emailed this person to ask them for advice. And, um, because I've realized that again, when you're in school and you're in gymnastics, you're kind of, you've been there for a long time, but you forget what it's like to start. And the starting part is always the hardest, like getting your first step is always the hardest. And I was saying, you know, I need to be proud of myself because I'm starting in a whole different industry that I've never had experience in. Of course, I'm going to be at the bottom. Like I have to work my way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't expect everything to fall into place kind of thing. But I know that if I work hard and I'm proud of myself for what I'm doing, everything will kind of fall into place. And that's where um, I've kind of more trusted my goals in a sense and trusted the process where before I was, when you're an athlete and even in school, you make things happen. Like you're the one who's testing. Um, but in real life, like you don't control everything. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like you can work really hard for a job, but the other people select the job. <laughs> so it's, I've, I've learned that just like I have to be proud of what I can control and what I'm doing. And the rest is not really up to me, but as long as I'm happy with where I'm at, then that's all that matters. So that's something it took me a really long time to learn. I'm still, you know, navigating my way through that, but I've, it's nice to hear when other people are kind of going through similar things because I definitely, the future just scares me. (laughs) The future just scares me, period. (laughs) That's like, well, and I mean, it it is the future scary, but I love that you use that word choice, trusting your goals, trusting the process. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. You know, there are some things that are so out of our control, you know, that we can't handle. And it's, that's just what it is at the end of the day. But Mm. I think, you know, we can't get so bent out of shape worrying about that. It's good to focus on the fact that, you know, you can only do the best you can do and to be proud of that at the end of the day, um, proud of your hard work and the effort and energy you're putting into something. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I say it all the time, like one job, the job you have now doesn't have to be the job you have for the next 10 years, for the next five years. Right. Yeah. And the industry you're in doesn't have to be the only industry you're in. You know, if you're an engineer, you can also be a singer or if, you know, it it doesn't matter. Um, There's no rules unless we create them for ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm interested, I guess, with that said, um, not (laughs) Plan into the future. Right. What are your hopes for uh, the future of your work? And if you're able mm. to choose any projects you're working on or things that you're hoping for? Yeah. I, so it's funny, even though I don't like to like plan for the future, I still, I still love dreaming. Like I love dreaming about all these things I can do. And um, because I think the dreams keep me inspired and the goals are more, I guess, set and defined that's how I look at them. Just because I think when I grew up, goals are hard set to find if you do it, check it off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dreams are there to keep me inspired and to keep me motivated and doing what I'm doing. And uh, I, for sure, one of my biggest dreams is like performing and singing and um, doing acting and all that stuff. And uh, those are still the routes that I am pursuing currently, along with social media. And social media has been an amazing avenue for me to be creative on my own. And even though um, when we're working and auditioning and trying out and 
creating new projects for ourselves, social media has been a way for me to like consistently do something to make myself feel really good that I'm still learning, still growing and um, trying new things and it keeps me on my toes. But for sure, with singing and acting, that's definitely um, things I would, you know, where I'm heading towards. <laughs> I won't leak anything yet, but that that's where I'm heading towards currently. Awesome. Well, I mean, I love to hear it. And I think for anyone who's interested in following you along on this journey, you know, we were talking mm-hmm. about social media and how you're really like showing off a lot of your personality and a lot of your passions on there. So where can people follow along with you on social? Yes. Yeah, so all my ads are at Peng Peng C Lee. There was another Peng Peng Lee. So I had to add the C. The C was for my first, uh, my first name, um, Christine. So uh, you can follow me anywhere at Peng Peng C Lee. Um, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter, but I'm on YouTube and Instagram. So I'm, uh, you can just search me and try and find me and follow me and be a penguin. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I, I love hearing everybody say that. I feel like everybody that comes on, they're like, I have Twitter, but you know, don't really, it's not really something that I post a lot on. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I use it more to like, you know, look at what other creative people put up um, or news or whatever it may be. But yeah, you're on all the platforms. Yes. And I'll definitely be linking those up and putting the handles in the episode descriptions that people Yay. can you know, follow along. Um, but, you know, I always love to ask, and, you know, you, we've talked about your career um, just as an athlete and then all these new ventures you're working on. And I guess throughout your life, with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life? Yes. Um, what gets me through my, like all the hard times. And I think this has been something ever since I was younger. Um, I always said like everything happens for a reason. And I think it's just my way of coping when there is a bad time. Okay. This might've happened because I can do this next, or it, it just helps me look at the silver lining of things. And even now, if something bad happens or not even bad, but just something happens in life that just seems so unexpected. It's like, okay, maybe this happened for a reason. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise that I can enjoy this or I can do this. And it has just helped me cope with knowing that there is something beautiful that can come out of it, um, even in the darkest, darkest of times. And again, I accept that things happen um, fully. I embrace it, but I also want to, for me, in order to move forward, I try to think of something beautiful that can come out of whatever, you know, event just happened. And that has helped me for sure get through life because I, life is, it's so short and it's just, it's, there's so many things to explore that, um, I don't like being held up with being negative or being down. And I've definitely experienced that after college where I just felt like I was just dragging myself through life. But again, maybe I need to go through that in order to be able to be where I need to be today. And I think where you are today is where exactly you need to be. And just, again, enjoying that moment and trusting that process. And I've really learned to trust the process after graduating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I always say that I think sometimes failure or hitting a low point or rock bottom or whatever it may be, I think sometimes that's really necessary. 
Um, we grow a lot from that. And you said the word silver linings. That's been like my favorite phrase with the pandemic is that, yes. yeah, this pandemic has been terrible in so many ways and mm-hmm. so many have been affected in, in a ton of different ways uh, by it, whether it be through illness or death or just jobs, mm-hmm. or careers, anything. Um, but if you really dig deep, you can find silver linings. At least I did, you know, within this crazy year that was 20 and now sort of 2021. Yeah. But you, you really can dig deep. And I think um, with any situation, uh, that's a really wonderful way to put it is to sort of just trust the process and, you know, use, use that time, take that time if you need it, mm-hmm. you know, but don't let it bog you down completely and really try and push yes. forward through to the positive. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I think um, it, it's definitely something that you have to always consistently tell yourself it's not going to change overnight. Like one day you can trust the process and the next day it's just, it's just not, not it. But um, it's something you have to practice for sure. And I'm still practicing it. I was a lot better at it when I was in gymnastics because I'd been in it for a long time. But now I'm taking that trusting the process mindset to real life. And it's almost like starting all over again, same phrase, different experience, but, um, you know, different way of how to deal with things. And I for sure trust the process is a big, big phrase that I tell myself because sometimes it's, you just can't control life. Life takes you in different directions. And and it's like what I said, like, I didn't even know I was going to be here, but I'm so grateful that I'm here today and that it's opened so many avenues for me. And you never know what doors are going to open. So you might as well just enjoy what you're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, amen to that. And I think especially as you, you know, go down this new path and, you know, venture into these different sort of spaces and entertainment and Mm -hmm. music, whether it be music, acting, and just even social media, I mean, have fun with it and enjoy the process. And I, you know, can't wait to see what all you continue to do. So Ping Ping, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. All right, I hope you guys were able to take something away from today's conversation and that you enjoyed hearing Ping Ping's story. I, for one, am so excited to see what she continues to do, and if you want to follow along with her journey and see all of the fun content she posts on social media, her handles are listed in the episode description below. Thank you to Ping Ping so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you next week with our season finale episode. But until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.